0: from the front lines of the Green Rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the Green Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Jonathan Small, and I am the editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur. We have a really interesting episode today. I am joined by Catherine Golden, and Jennifer Excel. They are the co founders of Leaf 411, which is a free cannabis trained nurse hotline. And Leaf 411's mission is to provide education and directional support to the general public about the safe use of legal cannabis. They are based out of Colorado, but available to pretty much anyone who wants to use their service, right?
1: Absolutely. Yes, exactly.
2: We're global now.
0: We're <laughs> global. I love it. So welcome so much to the podcast.
1: Thank, Thank you for, for having us.
0: So first of all, we should probably define whose voice is whose. So I'm going to start with um, with Jennifer. or I'm going to start with who first had the idea to start Leaf 411.
2: That was me. <laughs>
0: okay. So I'm going to start with Catherine. <laughs> Catherine, Golden, tell us a little bit about your background first and then how this kind of all came about.
2: Sure. Well, I've been a nurse for 24 years and a cannabis nurse for now five. Wow this year. It's crazy to think about that <laughs> to realize that. but um, yeah, so it's as quickly as I can it you know it started with me doing a deep dive into cannabis resources because I had a family member suddenly diagnosed with stage four lung cancer in his 40s, two kids at home and given two to five years to live. So we were in a panic. And I started some of the scientists uh, that he was talking to um, in his studies said, well, look at cannabis, but it's less ditch ef- effort because we know nothing about it. So I said, well, I'll take that on. So I, I did that. And I was blown away by the science that I was reading and I wanted to learn more. So I was um, I threw myself into learning cannabis education through that journey. I met I got into the industry. I was able to work at a uh, cannabis clinician's office, and there is when I started noticing there needed to be large-scale outreach. Jennifer came on board as a small business developer, and together, saying, "Okay, we need to do something here, even in this practice. What can we do?" You know, kind of a nurse-centric center, and that's what we started building together. And then, just wanted to do more large scale than, than what was happening. And some of the things that were, that were forming in this practice were a little bit, were definitely different than what Jennifer and I felt like needed to be out there. And prior to Jennifer coming on board, my husband and I had this idea of, well, how do you get that large-scale outreach there? And it was a phone line, you know, that's what we what we thought of, but it was for profit. So I sat on that for a while. I talked to the medical director where I was with and I said, you know, this is some of the ideas I'm having and, you know, thankfully he was very supportive. And so then when Jennifer came along and we started seeing what was missing, I said, it's time to do this. Will you join me? And thankfully she said, yes. And there we have it. And then it morphed into the nonprofit that it is today.
0: So Jennifer, tell us a little bit about your background and um, your vision for this company when you came in.
1: Yeah. So prior to a very severe car accident that I was in 11 years ago now, I'm a business developer, an entrepreneur. This is what I do, taking ideas and building it into reality. So I ended up, taking a long break in my career because of this car accident. And that actually is a big part of my story and why I'm in the cannabis industry, because it left that accident left me dependent on a bunch of pharmaceuticals. And I was looking for resources to get off those pharmaceuticals, get off those opiates using legalized cannabis. And I really struggled finding a medical professional who would talk to me, who knew anything about how to use this plant. My prescribing physician certainly didn't and he wanted nothing to do with it. So that's what led me on this path to meeting Catherine at this cannabis clinician's office and having this shared value and idea that there should be a way for people, it doesn't matter what socioeconomic status you have, where you live, that everybody should have an affordable and easily accessible way to speak to a cannabis trained medical professional who knew what they were talking about. Ultimately, Catherine and I, we took the original idea she had and we morphed it into the nonprofit that it is today to be the service that myself as a patient, I wish had existed when I needed it the most. And now we're able to do this for free for everybody. Anyone can call us from anywhere and speak to one of our nurses and get direct answers to their direct questions.
0: Yeah. And I want to get into this origin of why you decided to, to make it a nonprofit and but let's first I, I think we should define what leaf four one one is. You mentioned it's a hotline. I mentioned at the top of the show. How does it work? Like how do somebody's listening, tell us what you do and how it works.
2: Sure. So anyone can call us from around the country. We have a phone line, but we also have chat access and They can ask us anything. Our nurses are Western trained, they're all registered nurses, but we also are very heavily cannabis trained. So we like to keep up our education on all areas of the industry, manufacturers, dispensaries, along with the science. So we know exactly the best way to guide any of our callers. So they pick up the phone, they dial this 800 number, and we ask him, you know, thank you for calling Lee Four One One. How can we help you today? And it could be anything. I mean, and we've gotten just about any question you can imagine from just cultivation questions to medical questions to resources. So people can ask anything. And that's that's what we do all day. We spend an hour we stay on the phone as long as they need. We hold that hand as long as needed. And then we document notes, but we keep it very anonymous. So that way, if they call again, no matter which nurse answers the phone, we can look back in their notes and and get an idea of, okay, this is how you were guided. So let's continue with that. And we educate them about it being a journey.
0: Yeah. And is it a 24 hour a day service?
2: No, right now we have Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And then on weekends, they could request time. So we do get calls on weekends to leave voicemails. Everyone has the option to leave a voicemail and we call them back 100% guaranteed. We call them back.
0: And it's at this point, an 800, 1-800 line. Is there a texting kind of component to it as well? Is that coming? Is that available?
2: Yeah. The texting right now we have the chat. So, um, which has been really useful because we can even chat with people in another language. So that has been interesting (laughs) and that's, that's useful as well. But as far as texting on the phone, not just yet.
1: I'll jump in there. One of the things I am excited about that we're going to be rolling out in 2021. So right now we've got the chat feature on our website that directly connects you to one of our nurses from our site. But we are beta testing an AI enhanced chat feature that we're going to be able to put on dispensary websites, on manufacturer websites, on pre-order pages, where we are training the AI to know what is a medical question and what isn't. So let's say this chat is on a dispensary website and you type in, what do you sell an eighth of Gorilla Glue for? Their team answers that. And as soon as it's deemed a medical question, the user interface doesn't change, but that call, that chat is now going to be redirected to one of our nurses so that you don't have to find us, we'll find you if that's what it takes to be able to answer those questions.
0: How many nurses do you have on staff now? working for you?
1: Yeah, right now we
2: have four of us with volunteers as well. So four that work the daily, but I also have um, building the team of volunteers. So I have a couple of now and growing that.
0: Okay. So you mentioned that you originally started the company idea with an idea of it being for profit, but eventually became a nonprofit. I want you to explain to me why you made that pivot there. And also because you're a nonprofit, how do you monetize? You have somebody has to get paid. So tell me a little bit about how that works.
2: Yeah. So, you know, the for-profit was an idea we had in the beginning that just didn't sit well with me. <laughs> you know, as much as my husband's a very business like, oh well, this can do well. I'm like, even at $299 a minute. People can't afford, you know, maybe 15 minutes, if that. And it's stressful for the nurses. As an educator, as a nurse, I don't want to cut somebody off because they can't afford to keep hearing the education that they need. So that's why when Jennifer and I got together, you know, we were exploring it first as a nonprofit, like, okay, let's explore this idea and let's see what we can do. We got all the way down to 99 cents a minute and we were just like, no, this is still not going to work. So we started talking about the nonprofit because what we see, what we are, you know, the pain that's out there is that only the people that could afford a certain quality of health care are receiving it. So what about everybody else? You know, I had friends that said, oh, we'll still do a for-profit and those for-profit people, and maybe you can subsidize for the people that can't afford. It. And I'm like, but that's okay for you, that, you know, that you can afford that, but this has got to be to where anyone feels comfortable that they can call and and get the same quality healthcare that they you know, anyone else can. So yeah. that's where we pivoted.
1: In a nutshell, there are health inequalities in this country that our current American healthcare system model, where people get the quality and the quantity of care that they can afford. And cannabis was no different. And we really wanted to challenge the status quo of the way of the type of care people come to expect and do that in cannabis. And that is why we wanted to build a business model that allowed us to pay our nurses a living wage while also keeping calls free. And we spent hours, days, weeks in conference rooms, hashing this out back and forth between us. And it just kept coming back to, but a non-profit would allow us to do xyz although we knew and it definitely was the harder way to go about building this business never once have i looked back and thought oh you know if we had just done a for-profit that would have been so much easier and so much better that's never been the case this was absolutely the right thing to do but definitely the harder way to go about it,
2: it would have definitely been easier but not the right way
0: <laughs> yeah yeah sounds like you made the right choice so okay so that does beg the question so then how do you pay your nurses and how do you make some monetize this?
1: Multiple ways. And again, this is specifically why we became a nonprofit. So for those who aren't aware of what's available without being redundant, we go after grant funding, both from f- foundations. We are still actively pushing in the state of Colorado and continuing to push in the newly legalized states to get state funding out of pot tax revenue to be able to support spreading the hotline on a statewide level in a public-private partnership with the government of the regulatory agencies in the legalized states. So we're still open to that. We're still working hard on that. Individual giving fundraisers. We're going to do a lot more in the way of fundraising events this year. Uh, We've got a virtual 5K coming up, stuff like that, uh, which are always really fun to do. But really the bread and butter of what makes this possible is the generosity of the cannabis industry, which has its own pitfalls because we are selling philanthropy to an industry under 280E.
0: Explain what that means.
1: In detail, that's a whole nother podcast interview. In for purpose of this conversation, if because the cannabis industry is in the business of selling a federally illegal plant, the federal government, the IRS, the cannabis industry, depending on, especially on the MJ side of things, depending on how they bus- built their business model, are not allowed to write off their cogs, including their philanthropic giving. So it's not as simple as saying, please donate to us and you get to write that off on your taxes. That doesn't exist for most of this industry. So when you are selling the idea of philanthropy, you have to think outside of the box on how you build a business model that gets them to not just care enough about your mission and the service you provide, but how can we also support the industry at the same time so that it is a no brainer for them to go, yes, we care about your cause, and that money we're putting towards this is going to good use to even support what we're doing so it's a win-win for everybody the cannabis industry gets what they need and we can talk about that um, what our roi is on our memberships and all the while we're able to pay our nurses a living wage create jobs on the ancillary side of cannabis and not charge the consumer for their calls
0: interesting i would love to you mention that the different types of calls that you get everything from sort of like cultivation questions to, you know, nitty gritty. What would you say are like the top three questions? If you had to like sort of, I'm sure there's certain questions that come in more than often. So what, what would you say, Catherine, are the top three questions that the nurses get on the hotline?
2: Yeah, good question. And we actually collect data on this. So it, that's really exciting. Even though it's anonymous, we take um, non-identifying data, you know, data points, you know? So we ask certain questions to everybody. So what we can show you know, our members and and anyone involved with us is that the number one question we get is about pain. Physical pain is number one. And that was shocking to me, even though being a nurse for so long, I see the pain, but to hear from people from all states saying they're in physical chronic pain was hard. So that's number one. They're asking questions about their condition. You know, how do I use cannabis to treat my chronic pain? And then uh, mental, mental health is another one. How do I use CBD? You know, I've heard that it can help calm you. So that's another one. And then there's also the symptoms and conditions, you know, cancer and things like that. So it's more, it's our top are our medical questions. A lot of people used to think in the beginning and ask, oh, you must get questions on, oh, I'm too high. What do I yeah, do? I you know? Yeah, and we don't. We actually, you know, I've only gotten a couple of crisis calls.
0: That's for 911, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's, that's exactly <laughs> what Jennifer and I said. You know, we, we do say that in the industry, we are the 411 to prevent the 911. So we do say that. So we do only get a couple of crisis calls and we hope that we're, taking some of that and patting ourselves on the back that, yeah, because we're out there giving information now, you know, we're, we're there for them to ask those simple questions. But um, that would be our top, top questions that we get Pain or are all
0: and, on conditions. And conditions and managing, yep.
2: managing. Yeah.
0: Do you make specific suggestions of brands of cannabis or do you kind of talk in more general terms? How does that work?
2: We start off generally to see where they're at. So what in our language in in medicine is triage, you know, so we triage every call. We see where they're at. We see where their mindset is with the plant, where they want to go. So we make sure in the beginning that we're not pushing anything. You know, we never want to have them see us as pushing anything. So we see where their intentions are. Where do you want to use it? We go very general. You know, what cannabinoids, what does, do they understand milligrams? Do they understand ratios? How can we explain that? And then it usually comes to the end if they say, I need a product and I don't know who to trust. I need, what do I use? Then that's why we've got these vetted support members. So even though they, like Jennifer explained, we have our cannabis industry that is philanthropically give, we actually vet them. So we want to make sure that if anyone's listed on our website, that we're going to point our public to say, here's some that we vetted. And we do tell them there's a ton of great companies out there, but these are the ones that are our supporters, and we've vetted them to make sure that, we, that their values are in line with LEAF 411, that you can get the certificates of analysis, that we've met with the executive team. We visited their labs if they're in the state of Colorado. We've done our due diligence to make sure that we're guiding you or giving those resources that we would stand behind.
1: So, nurses have been voted the most trusted profession the last 18 years in a row. And so, everything we do is about maintaining that trust that the average person walking around out there who's calling us has in our profession. So it's really important when somebody comes to us and says, just tell me where to go and what to get that we can say we are brand agnostic. We are consumer advocates first and foremost. And all of our members are told that they know that from the beginning, you cannot pay to have us sell your product, push your product. That's not the way this works. But it's important that when somebody comes to us and says, just tell me where to go and what to get, we can honestly say we've done our due diligence in every single product and company on our website. We can stand behind with that trust factor because we've done that due diligence on the consumer's behalf. So they are welcome to go out and buy whatever product they want based off price, availability, you know whatever the nurse told them, but at the end of the day These are the products we can stand behind because we have worked with them to make sure this is a product we're willing to stake our reputation on and that trust factor by having them on our website. And that goes a really long way for consumers, especially on the hemp side of things. When you can buy CBD in a vending machine where there are no COAs or on Amazon, where you are hoping that what it says online is what's actually in the bottle, that somebody has taken those extra steps to verify all of those things on the consumer's behalf and then put those options in front of them.
0: How do you manage like a liability because you know when you're dispensing medical advice I, I imagine there's some you open yourself up maybe potentially to something like that. What do you do? How do you is there a disclaimer yep. that people Good question? Have? <laughs> yeah
2: yeah so we do have a little bit of a disclaimer on our once you call the hotline you know we say this is education and if you if you agree, To these terms, you know, press one and be connected, you know, so there's our little bit there. But first and foremost, we, as nurses, we follow a um, scope of practice. So we follow that to the T. So we have a guiding force to put it simply. We have a guiding force and that is our state boards. That is our American Cannabis Nurse Association. We have a scope and standard of practice that we follow. This is how a nurse should practice public with cannabis, with plant medicine. So we follow that. So we make sure that we tell our public that we are not doctors. We make sure that message actually goes through to our dispensaries and our manufacturers that are telling them about us as well. And we say, okay, here's where we stand. We can educate you on labeling product we can explain milligrams we can explain what the suggested serving size is and how that may actually not be beneficial for you right now how we need to actually start a little bit lower than that and and why you know always people want to know why and that's where we come in to explain that so we we balance that as well as we can and you know everyone To this day, it's just thankful for any little bit of information because we help them on that journey of here's what we can give you now. Keep calling us as much as you want. Here's our leaf library that has more resources in it and then come back to us, you know, and we can keep going.
1: Yeah. And we spent the first year and a half. I mean, I'm sure you understand in such a heavily regulated industry, we picked the trifecta of red tape medical professionals educating on cannabis as a nonprofit, and nobody is doing what we're doing in the way we're doing it and so being the first of anything in such a heavily regulated industry we automatically raised every single red flag that exists and every time we do something new it does the exact same thing and so we spent the first year and a half addressing every single one of those red flags looking at compliance looking at liability working with attorneys, working with Colorado's CDPHE and MED and making sure that everybody felt comfortable with our business model and full transparency in what we were doing long before we ever took our first call. So there was a lot of time and energy making sure we addressed all of those things, including liability from the get-go before we move forward.
0: That's great. What is the big plan here? Let's take me out five, 10 years from now. What do you kind of hope that LEAF 411 becomes and how how do you scale?
2: For me, my hope is global awareness. So that way, every single person knows that this they have access to balanced education so they can continue their health journey, whether that education is going to the public or going to a professional. That's where I see five years, I want to be completely global. Everybody knows about us. And we're already getting there, which is so exciting that we're hearing from other countries even that we are starting to hear about us. And that's exciting for me. So that's my hope for five years is just that everything that Jennifer and I've worked so hard to build keeps building to a success of visibility and awareness.
1: And to add to that, I think it's really important that uh, we have a really strong foundation in this country first, that we, in all of the states that are legalized, I'd like to see a physical chapter of LEAF 411 in every single state, because it's really important that there's representation from all the different communities on the hotline that there are nurses working in their own community that they know best when it comes to cannabis and providing jobs for cannabis nurses that don't exist right now unless they want to start their own practice and really moving into a lot of these newly legalized states our goal is to work with each of the cannabis governing bodies so that we can get in on the ground floor of of these newly legalized states so that like New Jersey for example can say to their community we are doing everything around safe use, including incorporating this program, our hotline, and making it widely available to everybody in that state. So that really helps the state as a whole to say, rather than building their own program, here's one that's already functioning very well and to support this and be a big part of working with new states wanting to legalize and being a resource for them. So really taking over this country as far as becoming a first step resource for everybody when they're thinking, what should I get? Where do I start? I have questions that we become a household name and everybody wants to know what the LEAF nurses say first, again, to get the 411 to prevent a 911.
0: Yeah, love it. A LEAF 411 on every... On every block.
1: Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep.
0: yep. Yep. All right. Well, this is fascinating. So if people want to use your service, find out more, how do they, what do they do?
1: Yeah. So they can find us in multiple ways. Easiest way is to go to our website, L-E-A-F and the number 411.org. Pretty much any Google search about cannabis nurses, we're going to be top ranking in there. So if you don't remember the name, just start Googling free cannabis nurse hotline or anything of the kind, and we're going to come up. We're on social media on every platform, but TikTok, and that's at Leaf411, or you can easily find us through that. Go to your favorite dispensary. Uh, there's a very good chance uh, we have partnered with them. And if we haven't, ask them why they haven't partnered with us yet uh to get our information into their stores so there's a lot of ways to find us but definitely online's the easiest way
0: and the hotline number is 800
1: one leaf 411 that's 844 5323
0: that's terrific well i wish you both the best of luck with this great idea i know it's a service that i want to use if i haven't already um I have, so, but I am going to be the guy who calls in and says, I'm too high. What do I do?
2: (laughs) That's okay. We got you.
0: Okay. (laughs) we will take
1: those.
0: Cover me. Thank you so much. Both of you have a, have a great rest of your day. I have one question I want to ask you before we sign off. It occurs to me that maybe there's a way we can work together on the site. I have a lot of, I noticed that a lot of stories that we do that are kind of more informational do well for us. Like I just, I just personally wrote a story funnily enough about what to do if you get too high. But we've also written things like, why do edibles make you so high? And, you know, and or like, you know, just like kind of more like 101, cannabis 101 type questions. I wonder if there's like a sort of reoccurring column we could do with you guys, kind of where one of the nurses, Catherine, maybe it's you or somebody on your team answers like a, a question. Like I pose, I don't know if you guys have the bandwidth to actually write it or I, we can interview it out of you. I'm, I'm, It's hard for me because I'm sort of a one-man show here. So most of the people who contribute to us kind of do their, they write and then I edit it. But maybe we could like, you mentioned that you have this database of questions. If it's not too specific, like maybe, you know, what the first question could be like, what should I do? How should I think about cannabis and pain? Or I don't know what it is. Something like we could look at your top 20 questions and maybe make articles out of them. I mean, is that something of interest to you? Yeah,
2: in? absolutely. We've talked, Jennifer and I have talked about that for a long time now, kind of the question of the week or a question of the Yeah, what's of, the
0: question of the week? We, we could brand yeah. it to Leaf 411. I could, you know, I could make the subtitle be Leaf 411. And then at the end, you would be linked so that people, call, you know, for more information. So you would get the promotion in that way. And it would be, but you would also help us because it's content that I think is really useful to our readers. So if you're interested, we can do that.
1: Yeah, there's two ways I see we can go about that. We can create brand new content, which obviously is going to require a little bit more bandwidth. But we also have a blog that Catherine works with a copywriter. We produce this type of content twice a month already. So maybe uh, I can look at that. You could be like a partner
0: of ours. Is the blog on lead Uh Yep. All right, let me check that out. I'll check that out.
1: So there's tons of stuff done already. We can start with and then can always add more into yep. that. But we've already got great content. We're happy to share.
0: Yeah. I mean, why we, we don't have to create it if we don't, if it's already there. I do have a question. I asked you in this last episode and I want to do an article about dosage because I feel like that's a big issue for people, especially with CBD and the tinctures, the little the sublingual stuff, because it's like what nobody ever explains that. It's completely confusing. There's no rhyme or reason. All right, so maybe that there's that. But, I, but let me look at your database and then we'll take it from there. But I think what I'll do is I'll invite one of you into our system, which means that you get this invitation saying, you know, you're now a contributor for Green Entrepreneur. And then you can maybe help me by just uploading a picture of Leaf411 so that when the story runs, there's a nice photograph and then a little bio page about what Leaf411 is. That's the only thing that I ask that you do. Should I send that to Catherine or should I send it to, to Jennifer? Maybe you, Catherine.
2: Jennifer will do the logo and um, bio about Leaf. Okay. Is
0: that okay, so, Jennifer. Yeah, I'll send it yeah. to Jennifer, and then you know you guys will have access to this account. But let me let me also take I'll do my own due diligence and look at the um the the data. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing thank this again. Thank
1: you. Sure. Thank <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> we can talk about this till we're blue in the face. So thank you for giving us an opportunity to share. Sure,
0: my pleasure. All right, take care, guys.
2: Right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com. Check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at Green Entrepreneur. We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, Check out my other podcast, Write About Now, that's W-R-I-T-E, to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's writeaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode, we'll THC you later.